Hey, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Last week and this week, Mary Alice and I are talking about life lessons that we learned from the most influential or more influential parent in our lives growing up. Last week, we talked about my dad and this week we're talking about Mary Alice's mom. Uh, but before I get into talking about Mary Alice's mom, who had so much influence on my life, let me just speak for a moment about her dad. Her dad was one of my favorite people in the world. And for much of the time when Mary Alice and I were still teenagers and even into our early adulthood, her dad uh, would not make a public commitment to Christ. And Mary Alice and her sisters and mom used to pray that they could somehow get him to go to church and, and it he, he didn't do it. I have a feeling that perhaps he had a bad experience in church when he was young. He was such a, a decent and honorable man. You know, it was hard to think of him not following Christ in the in the sense of knowing him personally and, and yet being such a wonderful man. But uh, over time, God began to work in his life and he began to attend church. And one of my favorite memories in my entire life we still, Mary Alice and I still didn't really know what I was going on with him and how fully he understood uh, the Word of God. But I remember back many, many years ago, we were living at the old location by the church. Uh, gosh, this is probably late 80s, I guess. And uh, Mary Alice's mom and dad came to see us, and, and uh, he had a Suburban that he pulled his uh, trailer with. And they uh, pulled up at our back door, and, you know, Mary Alice's mom got out and was greeting all of us. But her dad sat behind the wheel and looked at me and he said, get in the truck. <laughs> That's all he said was, get in the truck. So I did. And, and uh, he said, uh, I, I want to talk to you. And we went down to the McDonald's, uh, which I guess is still there at Harry and Hillside. And uh, he, we sat down after we ordered something to drink. And he said, Mark, I've been listening to your sermons. And he said, if, uh, if I understand your sermons right, it's possible to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, not based on our good works. And I'll never forget that day. Uh, sitting at McDonald's and, and him being sure of his salvation. And when I preached his funeral, I told that story. He was just an extraordinary man, uh, quiet. Um, you know, he was kind of the, uh, if, you, if you're like into old movies, he's kind of the Gary Cooper kind of guy that uh, didn't say a whole lot, but just had enormous, enormous qualities. And, and I still miss him all the time. But there's no doubt about it that the uh, parent uh, who influenced Mary Alice's family the most and, and also influenced me was her mom. And I know you've heard Mary Alice talk about her uh, so many times. And, you know, as she and I sat down and sketched out uh, these last two weeks, because, you know, she wanted to give some lessons she learned from my dad, and I wanted to give some lessons I learned from her mom. So we, of course, had to sit down and, and map out what we were going to talk about. It was hard for me to pick the two uh, great lessons that I picked up from, from Mary Alice's mom, because she taught me so very many things. And uh, we, we so miss her. Uh, Mary Alice and I are going to Texas in, in just a short time, God willing. And, and it's still hard to think about going to Texas and not seeing her mom. Uh, because she was, she, in this life, was just such a wonderful, wonderful Christian. And we look forward to seeing her in heaven. You know, Mary Alice had a very peculiar thing in her family. In fact, I've never seen it before. Her mom and dad both became stroke victims within just a matter of a couple of years. And both experienced paralysis. I've never seen that happen before. And so for the last, uh, I guess, 17 years, 16, 17 years of Morales' mom's life, she was uh, paralyzed on one side, but <laughs> her her get up and go was remarkable. It was amazing the things that she did physically. But in this uh, time that I'm going to share with you the two lessons, uh, let me just go to the first one uh, that's very special to me. Morales' mom has told me this so many times 
she would say to me, when I was carrying Mary Alice, I was praying for you. Now that's obviously right out of the box, something that's extraordinary. I didn't meet Mary Alice until 1972 and Mary Alice's mom would have been carrying her in the early months of, uh, of 1958. So <laughs> that's a long time to pray in advance, but she would say that to me with the conviction of all the conviction of her heart. When I was carrying Mary Alice, I was praying for you. Well, of course she didn't know who it was, but she was just praying for the person that God would bring into her daughter's life. Now, I wanna tell you, that's a huge lesson to me. And I think about it a lot and I'll tell you why. We tend to focus on what's going on right now when we pray. Whatever's broken, whatever's not working, whatever we would like to see, whatever we can see in the near term, that's typically what I pray about. I gotta be honest with you, rarely ever do I pray about things that are 20 years in the future. But Mary Alice's mom knew that someday that time would be the present. Well, I could talk way too long on this and we could wind up with you know a full-length sermon on Noah's window, which none of us has time for. So let me just point out something. You know, as I look back on meeting Mary Alice, and that's very precious to me and, and to both of us, really. We talk often about those days when we first met. But when I look back on meeting Mary Alice, there was a, there was a sort of um, randomness on one side. You could look at it and just say, well, we just happened to meet. But then when I look back, there's such a spiritual dynamic at play that you can't escape. So let me talk about the randomness. Um, I met Mary Alice on a September evening in 1972. Uh, we were both in debate class in our high school and competition debate and forensics was a big thing in the state of Texas, as I'm sure it is in many places. So in September of that year, our high school was hosting an invitational tournament that was gonna draw high schools from all over the state of Texas. And so it was a big thing. I mean, it was hard to pull that off. Um, and it was one of the first tournaments of the year. And so we have participants from we're from Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, El Paso, all over the state of Texas. But that first night uh, in the first round of debate, if I remember right, I think I was assigned to judge and Mary Alice was assigned to me as a timekeeper. <laughs> that was coincidence. I'd, I'd seen Mary Alice, but I'd never talked to her. And to be honest, I'd never thought a whole lot about her. It just so happened we happened to be together that night. And, you know, we talked and the more we talked, the more interested we got in what each other had to say. And then the next day when the tournament, you know, that was Friday evening, next day on Saturday, uh, we sort of hung out. And I think I actually took her home that day um, after, after the tournament. Now you could look at that and just say, there's a lot of randomness in that because just a guy and a girl, both in a common interest. And we just wound up getting assigned to each other. And the more we talked, the more interested we got. But that's not the story of our relationship. There were a lot of things that went on in the next few months that really wound up shaping what Mary Alice and I do in 2021. After that night, Mary Alice and I kind of sat together in debate class. It was a research class. There was no structure to the class. We would sit together and, and, and there was something that really became the early cement in our relationship. Mary Alice had so many questions about the Bible. I mean, she wanted to know all kinds of things about the Bible. Well, I was a pastor's kid. And even though I was not really close to the Lord at that point, I'd had all this teaching in my life growing up. So I had the answers to her questions. Well, she was intrigued talking to me because I could answer her questions. I was intrigued by her because the things that I knew and was not paying a whole lot of attention to, she was really interested in. And I was drawn to that. In fact, it, 
You know, I, I guess when you grow up so familiar with religion, you sort of assume that everyone around you sort of has a surface view of it. And, and I, I don't mean that about my parents, but I mean, that was just sort of my concept. And for her, these were deep soul issues. And there was something about her passion to know God and to know what the Bible had to say that kind of woke me up. And I'm thinking, what am I missing here? And honestly, day by day, as I talked to her, I began to draw closer to not only knowing about God, but to knowing God. Um, I should also point out that during that time, I said to Mary Alice, um, you know, in between Christmas and the New Year's, my parents go to a Bible conference. There was a Bible conference in my city that would draw preachers from all over the United States. And I had to go. And really, to be honest with you, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world because I would usually lose the second half of my Christmas break going to this Bible conference. But Mary Alice was so interested in the Bible, I said to her, well, if you really want to know more about God, I have to go to this Bible conference. Why don't you go with me? And we did. We wound up going every session. I had never done that before. We went to morning sessions afternoon sessions and evening sessions. And while I was there, God really began to deal with my heart about Christian ministry <laughs> and about preaching. I did not want to do that before. I never thought about it before, but it was like God began to bear down heavy on my spirit that that's what he wanted me to do. In the meantime, my dad would come to me. We had a what we used to call a watch night service on New Year's Eve every year. And that was when all the young preachers got to preach because we would gather about eight o'clock have dinner about 10 and then, you know, pray the new year in. Well, since you're going to spend all the time in church, that's when all the young preachers, all the seminary students got their chance to preach a sermon. And dad came to me during that, that very week when we were in this Bible conference. And dad said, Mark, all of our seminary students have graduated. We don't have any young speaker to speak. Dad said, you're always making speeches at school. Why don't you just make a speech about God? Well, he didn't know, and I didn't tell him that God was working in my heart about being called to preach. And on New Year's Eve, 1972, December 31st, 1972, I preached my first sermon, from, by the way, from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and Mary Alice was there. It wasn't long after that that I began to preach, and God began to work and move. Now, you know, I've looked back on that so many times and thought, okay, there's sort of the accidental side of this. You know, we just met in school. But I look back on all that and you know, from that point on many other things, it's very clear that God was working behind the scenes, orchestrating a relationship, a union that still in 2021, by the grace of God, Mary Alice and I are still able to serve him. Now, <laughs> I've wondered about through, through the years, just how much of this was answered prayer. No, oh, by the way, I left something out. In the summer before we met, Mary Alice had gone to camp and while she was at camp, she had promised God she had got the calling to either marry a missionary or a pastor. So as I look back, and I've said this tongue in cheek, I didn't have a chance, did I? <laughs> because there was a praying mom that said, as she said to me, when she was carrying Mary Alice, she was praying for me. And that means so much. Long range praying, long range praying. The idea that uh, God sees things we can't see. And he's working and orchestrating things that are way beyond our imagination. And for all the things my dear mother-in-law taught me, I really think I treasure that more than anything else. Here's what the word of God says in the book of Psalms 22. Our children will also serve him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born.
David was praying for future generations. He was praying for, he was praying, praying for grandkids and great grandkids he had never met, maybe never would meet to know about God. Well, let's do some long range praying today. Let's pray for the future because our God has the future in his hands. You know, one more time, I can't tell you how precious those words are. They have echo effect to me, even though my mother-in-law is in heaven. When I was carrying Mary Alice, I was praying for you. Let's pray today. Father God, we do pray for the issues of our day and for the things that challenge our hearts in this season. But Father, at the same time, we have needs that we don't know about yet. There are people who are precious and important to us who haven't been born yet. And we pray, God, we pray that you would work and move. We want you to work and move. And we don't want to take, we don't want to take for granted your power to change the future. And we trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. Tomorrow I've got another lesson I learned from my mother-in-law. And tomorrow's lesson is a little bit humorous. And yet on the other hand, now that I think about it, it's it's really, really serious. So I can't wait to bring it to you. See you soon.